The Women's Suffrage Centennial Commission, the National Park Service, and PRX present The Agitators, a play by Matt Smart. There are only a handful of letters remaining today between Susan B. Anthony and Frederick Douglass. One of the main reasons for this, as we learned in the last episode, is that Frederick Douglass's house was burned down in 1872. Undoubtedly, treasure troves of letters and writings of Douglass's were lost, including all of his copies of the North Star, his newspaper. In contrast to that, late in Susan B. Anthony's life, her colleague and biographer Ida Husted Harper urged Susan to burn many of her letters and papers. Susan initially protested. It was vital to Susan to preserve the history of the women's suffrage movement. And while most of the important documents were saved, eventually Susan acquiesced to Ms. Harper's demand. Every morning, for weeks, Susan's sister Mary burned Susan's personal papers in a bonfire in their backyard. While this might sound jarring to us now, it's the equivalent of not wanting people to have your Gmail password after you die. But what a stark example of privilege this is. Many of Frederick's papers were destroyed by arson. Many of Susan's were destroyed by choice. We begin today's episode in 1883, more than 10 years after we last left Frederick and Susan. I'm Ashley C. Ford. This is The Agitators. Episode 5, Infinite Light, 1883 and 1888. The Douglas House, Cedar Hill, Washington, D.C., January 21st, 1883. Frederick, now 64 years old, kneels on the living room floor, shivering. Susan, now 62, knocks on the front door, which has been left ajar. Frederick? Frederick, the door is wide open. Are you there? I'm coming in. It is Susan, and I am coming in. Frederick, why did you leave the door open? Oof, it is freezing in here. Uh, let me put on the fire. Fire is not welcome in this house. Uh, you will catch pneumonia otherwise. I welcome the cold. Why are you here? To see you. Why are you in D.C.? For the National. Our convention begins tomorrow. I am in no condition to speak this year. If that is why you are here, I... That is not why I am here. I cannot give any lectures. I do not expect you to. Is anyone here? No. Charles visited the other day with Joseph. Have, have you met my grandson, Joseph? Yes, of course. Has he played violin for you? No, not yet. Uh, he is 12 and already playing Mozart and Mendelssohn. He already plays better than his grandfather, but he is not yet better than his grandmother. He has the makings of a virtuoso. He loved it when Anna and I played on the porch together. Children came from all over the neighborhood to listen to our duets. The warmth is 
Thank you. I lost track of time on the porch. Time has been behaving so strangely since Anna died. How do you clean grease from a suit coat? Cover the stain with talcum powder. Let it set for a half hour. Then, using a little bit of water, gently wash it out with your hands. <laughs> Before I forget. I brought something for you. Still warm from the press. Oh, bravo. History of Woman Suffrage, Volume 2. Edited by Elizabeth Cady Stanton, Susan B. Anthony, and Matilda Jocelyn Gage. Why not list your names alphabetically? Why Elizabeth first? Oh, we are all first. And many, many more women than the three of us. If we could list a thousand names, all first we would. I look forward to reading it. I did not send it earlier because I was waiting for the leather-bound edition. I could not give Frederick Douglass a cloth-bound copy. No. <laughs> oh, thank you. What did you think of the first volume? I do not believe we ever spoke about it. I... Mm, I love the beginning. A very strong beginning, which of course is so important. <clears throat> you did not read it. I read the first chapter and it was very strong. But not strong enough to keep reading? <laughs> I will finish it. I promise. And I look forward to volume two. Let me get you a copy of my third autobiography. I already have one. And? And I look forward to reading it. (laughs) 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 Once I saw infinite light. Have you ever... I saw the constancy of hate break down and the clouds of pride and selfishness vanish before a brightness of infinite light. When I was away on my lecturing tours, Anna would send fresh linens for me ahead of my arrival. Those towels and sheets smelled of her, of her hands. Her skin. I never had trouble falling asleep away from home because of her linens. What what will I do without her? Anna is still with you. She allowed me to focus entirely on agitation. She thought of every detail imaginable. Anna Murray Douglas allowed me to be Frederick Douglas. She gave too much. She gave everything. She was a much better wife to me than I was a husband to her. I have been sleeping on the floor. It is the only way I can fall asleep now. Have you ever slept on the floor? No. I did not sleep in a bed until I was 20 years old. And now, without her, I... It's 
try it. Lie down. I'm not going to lie on your floor. Well, I am. I must. Lord, how to get these awful shoes off. There. Ah. Try it. Lie down. Oh, for heaven's sake. Fine. Ugh. When is the last time you swept this floor? I plead the fifth. Oh, Frederick, <laughs> you must sweep the floors. I know. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Like a pillow? Uh, oh, no, thank you. I am going to use a pillow. Ah, the floor and the history of woman's suffrage, volume two, under my head. But what more could a modern man possibly need? <laughs> <laughs> uh. How have you done it? All these years. Done what? Been on your own. I am not on my own. I have my sister in the house with me. I had my mother until three years ago. I am not on my own. How have you traversed through life without sharing your heart? I share my heart every time I open my mouth. And besides, a woman is not incomplete without a husband. I am not a half, I am whole. I do not need Susan B. Anthony right now. I need Susan. I need the help of one of my dearest friends left alive. How am I going to survive this? How have you not shared your heart with the lover? How? I have. Who? I am married to the cause. You cannot hear the cause breathing next to you. The cause cannot caress you and, and hold you and, and kiss your neck. I wake up thinking of it. I spend every minute of every day devoted to it. I go to sleep thinking of the problems we are facing, and I wake up with answers, or possible answers. I am so embraced by it and it by me that now I dream of it. And when I think of these fine young women around me, so dedicated to amending the Constitution, but I... But have you ever fallen in love? Yes. With who? When I cannot fall asleep, I breathe in through my nose and out from my mouth. Try it. In with your nose. Out from your mouth. In. Out. What am I going to do?
a rich man took up his residence next to a tanner. And the rich man found the smell of the tan yard so unpleasant that he told the tanner he must go. The tanner kept delaying his departure. The rich man spoke to him over and over, and every time the tanner said, I am making the arrangements to move very soon. This back and forth went on for some time, till at last the rich man got so used to the smell that he ceased to mind it, and he troubled the tanner with objections no more. In... Out. (sighs) The White House, Washington, D.C., March 30th, 1888. It is five years later. Susan, now 68, and Frederick, 70 years old, lie on their backs in the main corridor of the White House. Frederick points up at the ornate ceiling, trying to show Susan something. There! You see the gold leaf there where the new traceries are? Indeed, they spell U-S-A. Where? U-S-A, you see? No... Why am I even here? President Cleveland has done nothing to help the women's cause. Uh, Enjoy it. It is an accomplishment to be invited to the White House. It is not an accomplishment if it accomplishes nothing. I tried to speak to him of our continued disenfranchisement. Princess Viroqua tried to speak to him of her plans for an Indian college, but all he wanted to talk about was the new traceries on the ceiling in the main corridor. And I do not see the hidden letters. Why are your shoes off? Grover told us to make ourselves comfortable. Frederick Douglass, put your shoes back on. Uh, Here, try propping History of Woman's Suffrage Volume 3 under your head. I I, I still cannot believe you brought me Volume 3 today. Once the International Council convenes, I was afraid I would forget. Uh, It has proved quite useful to place hors d'oeuvres on. How did you like Volumes 1 and 2? They... Have excellent first chapters? Yes, quite excellent. Oh, I see a U, an S, an A. Rah, rah, sis, boom, bah. Enough of this lounging on the floor. How are you still so nimble? Here, let me help you up. God, you are like a gazelle springing up from the floor. Not me. Ah, there. The first lady is scowling at us. I told you we should not lie down in the hallway. Oh, that is not why she is scowling at you. I beg your pardon? In the receiving line, as you introduced your pioneers to the president one after another, making him laugh and smile, you never once lifted your hand from his shoulder. I dare say at times you were... Caressing him. (laughs) Mrs. Cleveland was green with envy. (laughs) You are imagining things. Oh, everyone in the East Room noticed, Susan. Even the reporter from the Washington Post. You must take care. 
Francis is our youngest first lady ever and prone to jealousy. Susan looks down the hall at the first lady. <laughs> how old is she? Uh, 23. And how old is he? 51. 28 years her senior? That is reprehensible. <clears throat> Helen is only 20 years younger than me. Why would I take offense? She thinks you do not like her. I like Helen. You take no interest in her. You have barely spoken to her today. Well, apparently I've been too preoccupied flirting with the president. I was lost. She brought light back into my life. I can see that. She thinks you do not approve of our marriage. On what grounds? Oh, that she is 20 years younger than me, that she was my secretary, that she is white. Elizabeth publicly supported our marriage. You want me to write a letter and publish it like Elizabeth did? My concern is votes for women and nothing else. I'm not concerned with the age of your wife or the color of her skin. Now, it is time for me to leave this pointless affair and get back to work. Oh, please stay. Stay for what? This ceremony is the only thing this administration has ever done for the women's cause. And I can make a better butternut squash confit with my eyes closed! You have been in Washington, D.C. too long, Frederick. You have become a politician, jockeying for useless, pointless posts. You live up high on Cedar Hill in a house with 21 rooms. Where is the man who told me to agitate, agitate, agitate? And I know, you are 70 years old. I know you have already done so much good, I should leave you alone. But I will not. We need you. The Negroes being lynched in the South need you and those being illegally disenfranchised at the polls. The women who still have no vote need you. The International Council convenes tomorrow night. We have 53 women's associations here from nine different countries. Come speak. Come share your thunder and lightning, if you have any left. Susan exits. She leaves the White House. Frederick stands there, stunned. He turns to a mirror. As Frederick looks at his reflection, he considers what Susan has said. He considers what he has done in his life and what he has yet to do. From being beat with these chains on my feet Now I'm in the front seat, you can read the receipts I remember when my life was to be charged But now it looks like a black man is in charge Born a slave, it pushed me to be legendary Maybe that's why President's Day was put in February February, 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 February End of Episode 5 This was The Agitators by Matt Smart from the Women's Suffrage Centennial Commission, the National Park Service, and PRX Productions. The podcast adaptation was envisioned by Commission Executive Director Anna Lehman with support from Kelsey Millay. 
Performances by Madeline Lambert as Susan B. Anthony and Cedric Mays as Frederick Douglass. Directed by Logan Vaughn, original music and score by Juliette Jones and Rootstock Republic. The production team includes executive producer Jocelyn Gonzalez and managing producer Genevieve Sponsler. Post-production sound and mixing by Sandra Lopez-Monsalve and Ian Koss. Original music and score recorded, mixed, and mastered by Joshua Velo. Vocals and theme song production by Hunter Lamar. Additional production by Brett White Noise White. Additional music by Epidemic Sound. Special thanks to David Herman of Good Studio, Dan Dietrich of Wall to Wall Recording, and Aaron Sparks and Jacob Mann at Edge Media Studios. I'm Ashley C. Ford. To learn more about the history of the suffrage and abolition movements, visit the show's website at go.nps.gov slash suffrage podcast. What do you think you know about a woman's right to vote? What if what you learned in school isn't the whole story? And what if suffrage is about more than getting to the polls? I'm Retta. And I'm Rosario Dawson. Join us for And Nothing Less, a podcast honoring the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment. From the Women's Suffrage Centennial Commission, the National Park Service, and PRS. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.